I am here with Adam Miller of MyDAO, and uh, let's talk about your project, MyDAO. So what we're doing at MyDAO is working with the government of the Marshall Islands, which is a sovereign nation in the South Pacific, to create the best legal and regulatory environment in the world for DAOs. So what that really means is, let's say you're a DAO and you want to form a legal entity to protect your members from unlimited liability. Maybe you want to be able to open a bank account or sign contracts. So like a lot of DAOs, let's say someone comes up to your DAO and says, we'll give you a million dollar grant from this layer one, but you have to have a legal entity. Okay, so now you're looking at like a Delaware corporation or like a Wyoming LLC or a Cayman Foundation. And that's what we offer the best alternative to for DAOs because you don't have to have a board of directors. You can be fully decentralized. Almost all of your members can be completely anonymous. So just by holding the token, you're actually a member of the DAO LLC and there's no paper record keeping requirements. So as long as you're tracking everything you do in governance on the blockchain, you don't have to do things like annual meetings and uh, like board consents and stuff like that. So really a lot of DAOs you hear about out in the world are not as decentralized as they say because they're incorporated as a foundation. And a foundation has a board and it does all this other stuff I just talked about that you don't have to do in the Marshall Islands. Okay, so tell me the difference between a DAO and a co-op or a collective. Yeah, so, I mean, first of all, DAO is not a legal term, right? A DAO LLC is a legal term. So a DAO can be any kind of legal entity it wants. It can be a co-op. It can be a corporation. It can be a foundation. It can be a trust if it wants to be. Um, uh, but the difference between a co-op and a DAO LLC, so a co-op, first of all, is not available in most places in the world, but there is like the Colorado co-op that's compelling for some DAOs. The biggest problem is it's in the United States, and most global DAOs don't want to be based in the United States for kind of obvious reasons. There's mostly fear of the legal and regulatory environment. Co-op also has a very specific structure in terms of how it raises money, how it shares the profits, uh, how it operates, and not every DAO wants to follow that exact structure. So sometimes it's a good fit, just like sometimes a Wyoming DAO LLC is a good fit. If all your members are in the United States, there's definitely no reason to, to have an offshore entity. But if you're a global DAO with members all over the world, it probably makes sense to look offshore of the United States in places like the Marshall Islands instead of something like a Colorado co-op or a Wyoming LLC. Okay, so DAOs are, are decentralized in in theory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah in theory. So, so there's nobody to point to so nobody to own that as opposed to an LLC, correct? Well, so here's the interesting thing. So with a traditional corporation or LLC, you're going to have either a board or you're going to have managers, some kind of centralized group. What we've done with the Dow LLC legislation is made it so that you don't have to have any managers or board whatsoever. So for a lot of DAOs, you want to be able to show the world and regulators that you are truly decentralized. For example, the SEC, right? A lot of people are, are, are thinking that if your organization is truly decentralized, there's a much lower likelihood that the SEC is going to come after you for securities violations. So having a board or manager sounds like a centralized thing, right? It's a small group of people that have more power than everyone else. And so if you have a board or you have managers, I think it is more likely you will get in trouble with the SEC. That's what we've solved with the DAO LLC is made it so that literally if you have a million token holders and they, they each hold one or 10 or 100 tokens, whatever, 
all of those people are actually members of the company just by virtue of holding that token. And they all have either the same amount of voting rights or it's one token, one vote, however it is you want to design it. But there's no central party or central group that actually has more power than everyone else. And so then you are truly decentralized. Aha. Okay. All right. So do our companies now starting to transition or are they just learning about the idea? Where are we at in this space? So right now, there's about 75 DAO LLCs in the Marshall Islands. There's probably about 100 or 200 in Wyoming that are real projects. And you still have a lot of DAOs that form something like a Cayman Foundation, for example. And, and again, I would argue that they're not as decentralized as they say they are. You know, for example, there was uh, recently, I think it was Arbitrum. They launched their, they told the world, we launched our DAO. Now governance is, is in the hands of the token holders. They submitted a proposal. That proposal failed from the community voting. And the foundation came out and said, actually, you know what? We, we didn't really mean to let you guys vote on this. We're doing it anyways. Now, eventually they backed down because of social pressure, but the opt, the optimist, or sorry, the Arbitrum Foundation is in charge of Arbitrum, whether, we, whether they say they are or not. At the end of the day, they are. And that's not truly, a, uh, to me, that's not even really a doubt. Right. It's a DAO in name only, which you know, Dino, I guess. Dino. Dino. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so that's what like a, a DAO LLC allows you to avoid, you know, that problem. So so there are a lot of DAOs that have formed foundations, but I would say, you know, are those really DAOs or are those dinos? And then probably most DAOs out there don't have a legal entity yet, which really is a risk. I mean, as soon as you're doing some kind of business, let's say you've raised some money or you've pulled together ten or twenty thousand dollars or you're exhibiting at a trade show or even just building a technology people are using, if something goes wrong and you get sued, you're personally liable for whatever went wrong if you don't have some kind of legal entity. So that's what most DAOs and most members of most DAOs don't realize today is that they're putting themselves at, at personal risk. Right? You could lose your house if you own a house just for participating in a DAO that goes out and builds a technology that then gets hacked and people lose all their money that they had put into your protocol or whatever it is. That's why DAOs need legal entities, but the reality today is most DAOs probably don't have one yet. Wow, that's heavy. Yeah, so, so I'd have one, and this might be a little too deep for here, but... Um... <laughs> So say like a lot of companies are are constantly just have ongoing litigation, no matter what, they have a legal team just for that. Just, so how is a company that is currently in litigation and ongoing litigation, like most large companies able to make that transition smoothly? Well, it is really hard to change legal entities for a project that's already in the works. Um, it's also really hard to create, it's harder to create a legal entity once you've already been operating without one for a long time. So I mean, most people, at least in the United States, where I'm most familiar, if you're going to start a regular company, right, you're starting a startup, you you just know inherently the first thing you do is you actually go form a corporation or an LLC. I mean, everyone knows it. Everyone does it. It's just the first thing you do. For some reason in the world of DAOs, we just didn't, I mean, myself included, at first, just didn't think about it. It's like, oh, well, this didn't feel like starting a normal company. We're not like four people sitting around in a garage trying to like build a, a new technology. It felt different. And so we didn't, that just didn't occur to us. Yeah. Um, but but the reality is that I think uh, most DAOs do need to do that. What was your question though again? No, it was just like companies that already have a lot oh, of yeah. in process, like to make that transition seems to be so difficult. I think what's more likely is that you add legal entities to your structure. So it's also really common for com traditional companies too, but uh, crypto projects for sure as well, to have multiple legal entities. So often a crypto project has 
uh, an opco or a devco, which might just be a Delaware LLC or C corporation. And that's the company that's owned by the developers that are actually building the technology day to day. And then they also create a DAO LLC or a foundation or something for the DAO that's a nonprofit that uh, that's where like people are donating money or that's where the fees are going from the protocol. And then that group of people decides to hire the DevCo or the Opco, but they could always decide not to in the future. And that same project might also have a, an entity somewhere else for some other reason. Maybe they're doing banking in a particular jurisdiction. They want to have a legal entity there or they invested in a piece of real estate in Wyoming. And so they use a Wyoming entity for that real estate investment. So it's really common to have many legal entities. Okay. So if you're a project or a company that's already been operating for a while with a particular structure, you still can consider if it makes sense to add one or more legal entities sure. to your structure to ach achieve a particular purpose. Yeah. And that could be to add a DAO, right? So if you're a company that's been operating mostly in a centralized way, uh -huh. but now you want to introduce a DAO into your ecosystem, yeah. then it probably makes sense to add a DAO LLC to the picture. Uh -huh. and that DAO LLC will have relationships, contractual relationships with the other entities involved in that project. So as an addition, not a replacement. Yeah, yeah exactly. Coming from the horse's mouth, Adam Miller. <laughs> so you have a podcast. I'm going to let you just Thank throw you. that out here and uh, you know let everybody know about it. Yeah, please check out Just Dow It. It's the podcast for people starting DAOs. And each each episode, I go through recent DAO news and also interview one or more people that are really experienced in starting or leading DAOs about their experience, advice they have for people that are newer to the space, their favorite tools, their favorite DAOs to check out. Uh, it's really fun. So yeah, Just Dow It on any podcast app or YouTube. Great. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, John.